and broadcasting and podcasting 95 miles between each other today as well as almost a thousand miles as we welcome you inside the fifth quarter podcast season two episode number 17 we're back on march 19 2020 which was supposed to be the first day of the ncaa tournament march madness the big thing everyone's been waiting for in march and man things just took a turn for the worse as we'll get into later here as the coronavirus has hit made its uh name well known throughout the united states in the world glad to have you with us here on this thursday evening george Koff is always and along with my good friend and my co-host desmond mclaughlin in richmond texas today desmond how are you doing and how are you coping with all the situations going on well george definitely situation at hand is severe um, I just want to wish everybody good health, stay safe out there. Um, you know, a lot of people, there's in their minds, they're like, it's just a flu, I won't catch it, but also we have to protect the elderly, anyone that's, you know, anyone that can catch the disease, we have to be safe out there. So I just want to say that out first, but, um, you know, I work at Chick-fil-A, as you know, so of course we're working every single day, racking up records, but um, also trying to keep my social distance, you know. I got a little dad trying to keep him safe. Washing hands, sanitizer, all that jazz, wearing gloves, you know. So that's what I'm doing. And yeah, I also miss the sports. I've yeah. started some Netflix shows, shorts. Can't watch no sports, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I'm trying to learn some new hobbies. I want to learn a new instrument or maybe even try <laughs> to, like, like, draw and just keep myself busy. Because, really, if you all know me or Desmond, really, we both love sports. And it's hard when that just kind of leaves and you're stuck with nothing. Um I do want to mention back on, on, on Desmond, you mentioned the social distancing. That is no joke. Please, you know, maintain your social distance. But I want to mention Desmond and I were doing social distancing before it became cool. Okay. We've been, hey, you know, we've been Skyping and doing our podcast episodes for <laughs> almost two years, two years now. And, you know, we've gotten used to this, this remoteness type deal working from home. Right. You know, I don't think we, we are working from home when we do this, but hey, we, a kid can only dream, right? Um, but as I mentioned, we're going to get to the point of talking about what happened last week, week from today, which seems like light years ago. Um, and we're going to just discuss what does that mean for the future of American sports as we kind of uh, play this whole coronavirus situation out. What does that mean for our perspective on sports going forward, as well as uh, talk about NFL free agency, too? Uh, but the big elephant in the room at this point is that some of you may have heard that we do have a special guest with us uh, joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, not to be mistaken with Cleveland, Texas, uh, is a now a good friend of ours is uh, Mike Cousins. He's an ESPN play by play broadcaster, a Syracuse grad of 2010. He's been at ESPN since 2012, and he is usually on the college spectrum. So football, basketball, baseball, softball. And so we welcome, welcome him into the fifth quarter podcast. Mike, how are you doing on this Thursday evening? I suppose uh, I'm as good as I can be for uh, somebody who's mostly spent the last 10 days uh, inside with my dogs and my wife. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny that we're taping this uh, right around dinner time on Thursday, uh, the 19th, because I would have been about five minutes away from going on the air for the uh, second session, the night session of day one of the NCAA wrestling championships 
wow. would have been in Minneapolis uh, this year. So it was it was going to be a big event. I think that's the thing that I'm like most bummed out about missing because um, normally the wrestling championships you have you have 330 wrestlers, 33 in 10 different weight classes each, and usually it's in a venue the size of. Madison Square Garden. Last year we were in Pittsburgh at the Penguins Arena. This year it was going to be at U.S. Bank Stadium where the Vikings play. So we were on track to, no, I shouldn't say we, I'm not a ticketed uh, fan for that. But the event was on pace to set all types of attendance records for for the wrestling championship and would have just provided a really cool venue. So that's something you look forward to all year. Um, and, you know, from, from my perspective, I'm certainly disappointed to be missing it, but I can't imagine what it's like for the competitors who have been training uh, year-round to be able to do this, to compete uh, on the biggest stage that their sport provides for a collegiate wrestler. Yeah, I mean, you made, you made a very good point there. You know, the athletes also probably the ones that are hit hard the most. Of course, being in the media and being a broadcaster and such – you can have you have also a big impact, but it's the athletes that are the ones that are providing all the action and that are giving you the ability to uh, analyze that. And it's hard for hard to put yourself in their shoes and go, man, that's just you know you miss your biggest event of the year. And as for the winter sports and for the spring sports, with Mark uh, Emmert, uh, the uh, president of the NCAA, coming down and saying that those were all going to be canceled, and he said that all at the same time. It's you know unfortunate, especially with the spring. We don't know what what's going to happen here in May or June. But he made the point to cancel the College World Series for baseball and the Women's College World Series for baseball or for softball rather, and also all the other spring sports, track and field, and um, outdoor track and field, and uh, swimming, which is in the winter. So you just kind of look at it and go, man, that's that's you know they missed their most important event of the year, uh, and just unfortunate but again it had to be done you know that the coronavirus is just this wild highly spread spreading disease that's just happening virus rather not disease but and it's just you know at some point you have to do what's right and that's what we're going to get into as we uh, recap march 12 2020 the uh, day that the sports world stopped and let's give a little recap um briefly nba had already suspended their season the night before after Rudy Gobert had tested positive for COVID-19. The Jazz and the uh, Thunder were about to tip off in Oklahoma City, and they called the players off. I saw a video uh, because I was really interested in this. The Oklahoma City trainer, the athletic trainer, you know, the doctor, right, The, uh, the physician, ran, sprinted from the locker room onto the court and you can see some of this video, uh, some of the video angles from people up in the upper seats. He like you can see him, some person run, and he basically is telling the refs, "You can't, you got to stop. You you can't, you can't play this game. There's concerns." And so that's when you saw all the players go to the locker room, everyone go back. They made the announcement that it's been postponed, and uh, everything just kind of hit the whirlwind. Then the next day, MLB suspends their season for two weeks, and then now later. We don't know when the NBA, MLB is going to, they're suspended indefinitely. So is the NHL, so is the MLS, and every other soccer league in the in the world, Champions League, Premier League, um, the Italian League, Serie A, and League, uh, Liga, uh, uh, Liga 1, and then, of course, the NCAA, as we mentioned. So, Desmond, I guess I'll go to you first, since we heard from Mike and, and from myself. 
what what what's was your reaction what was your initial take on all this i actually don't i think i think i just came home from work um because you know i'm on my phone all day right i think one of my boys had texted me and it was like dang bro like i thought we we're gonna win the ship this year and i was like what are you talking about like text text still making the tournament it's like are you here bro so then of course you know i hopped on bleach report and i just i feel bad for these athletes man you know i know a couple people who play mostly in baseball and just thinking about like losing your seasons even high school athletes like I, I i think about how important sports were to me in high school you know it could it could be seen seen as an escape you know from all, all the work all the stuff pressure for college you always had sports you know your your teammates and just thinking about people missing out on that their senior season even kids in college looking to go pro you know maybe they had that last resurgence going into the tournament you know because a lot of people make their names in the tournament they won't get that chance this year you know i i agree this is probably the safest thing to do um they should have done that but i just i feel for these athletes i i can't imagine what what pain they're in missing the game i, I feel so bad for them man mike did you want to elaborate on that I agree because you know from from my perspective the the toll is the time taken in, in preparation and fact finding and gathering and trying to do storytelling but I think so much more is the physical exertion of the athletes I was talking about with wrestling in that you know there in every sport you have to be in peak physical condition but only in one sport do you have to be at an actual weight class and everything that you eat, vastly affects your ability to compete because you have to weigh in um, an hour before you take the mat at every match. So um, there's there's that added element to it. And it's just, uh, it, it is interesting to see now too, is, you know, the we have almost an infinite amount of entertainment available to us between books and streaming services and live television. And I, I find it interesting that people still on social media end up proclaiming their boredom. Um, which it's a good time for all of us to examine how we spend our time and and whether we use some extra time to be productive or, or whatever we do with it. I think I'm still trying to figure out exactly, um, how the, how I can best use these next couple months to, to make myself better. I I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I think one of the things though, I want to touch on what Desmond mentioned, uh, missing out on their senior season. I think one of the really cool things that has kind of come out of this in light of all the things is Scott Van Pelt. Uh, on on his nightly sports center he's been t- uh, showcasing all these teams that um you know were really really good or you know they were going to be in their state championship high school included and mainly high school also uh, uh college as well that they were you know going to be they had their best team in decades and then their season just got stopped canceled postponed you know just kind of halted in the uh, in the wind if you will and i think that's something that yeah it happened, but we're giving them recognition. We're, we're saying that, look, hey, they, they didn't get their, their fairy tale ending, but we still deserve to honor them. We still deserve to give them some respect that they deserved. And I think that's something that's really cool that um, out of even, it just shows you in our, in our world today, out of some sort of darkness, there's always a glimmer of hope. There's always a glimmer of positivity. And I think that's one of the cool things that, um, not just with Scott, that's got what he's doing, but also in our world with coronavirus. There's people finding ways to have, you know, 
to, to just make um, a good situation out of what they have. Like the guy that was uh, in Barcelona was playing My Heart Will Go On on the piano. I don't know if you saw that video on Twitter. Like he was just playing on the piano on his balcony and then some guy, saxophone player, a few balconies down, started joining him into it. Like, you know, it's these, you know, people coming together that probably wouldn't usually have and they're coming together because maybe they don't have much to do, but come together and just kind of make light of the situation. And it makes for all these happy images that just, you can't help but smile. And uh, I think that's something that is pretty cool. Um, For me, uh, I know that this really hasn't come up much, but I did want to touch on it briefly. What does this mean for the future of American sports? What does this mean when we do get sports back, at least I hope we do. And um, what does that mean? Do we take it? Do we take it for granted? Do we really? Uh, do we see attendance go up because people are focused on? Hey, I haven't had this for six, for three months, four months, however long it will be. What does that? What does that mean for our, our future? Desmond or Mike, one of you can chime in. Go ahead, Desmond. Well, that's interesting, Coach George. I don't. I definitely think the first phase, everyone will be excited, but I also think it'll be kind of like an awkward phase. It's kind of, I think sometimes it's a little awkward, getting something you just have for a long time, then you kind of go away from it, then come right back. And it's probably, it's going to come flushing all back. They're going to be promoting it. There will be commercials, everything, big news. I think it'll be kind of awkward at first, but I definitely think fans will be definitely excited, you know. You know, see, going to Instagram or any social media, seeing top plays from last night, just turning on the television, seeing ESPN, see what they're talking about. Um, and I definitely don't think that we will take it for granted. I think that they'll cherish it. Um, I, th- I also think that they'll probably promote more, you know, health regulations and codes um, across all sports, you know, just ensuring that if this does ever happen, I hope not, but if this ever does, does happen again, um, maybe reassure that, you know, we'll follow the right protocol for it. But I, I, I don't know how it's going to go. It's going to be really awkward, especially like, what I was talking about, the seniors, college sports, um, what could have happened. Just it's it's going to be an interesting phase. I want to see how they how they plan to work it out. I was reading an article earlier today um, in Baseball America about what the future might hold for minor league baseball, um, because I spent five years of my career working in minor league baseball, and there are a lot of teams I happen to work for, fortunately, some that did very well, but there are others that, you know, are working on shoestring budgets as it is, and they probably budget for a handful of rainouts a year where you you might lose that date and lose the number of tickets you would have sold and all the concessions. But if you lose a quarter or a half of your season, there's no way to make up that money. And there were already reports about the possible contraction of a number of minor league baseball teams before the start of this season, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate that this event might accelerate that, um, which cuts down on opportunities for players to reach the majors from, you know, the way I came up in broadcasting, it cuts down on the number of play-by-play and um, analyst opportunities. Um, and, and then you go to the next level and you think about college sports, think about the mil- hundreds of millions of dollars that are brought in through the NCAA basketball tournament alone. And mm-hmm. how whenever a team advances and they win another share of money, 
that revenue is redistributed to their respective conferences. So there are only a few sports at every school, football, men's basketball, and in the rare case, women's basketball at some places that are actually profitable. So if you're losing the amount of revenue that you might get from the NCAA or from any of those sports, what does that mean for the sports all the way down at the end of the line that are, you know, the the Olympic sports, the equestrian, the water polo, the rifle, is there going to be money to fund those programs in the future and to be able to do all the things that athletic departments have become accustomed to doing? So the, the ramifications go well beyond just the cancellation of games in the next couple months, but it also is going to be interesting of how you know we get back. When we get back to quote-unquote normal, when this curve goes down in, say, June or July and the number of infections – are we then going to be safe to go back to places like Bryant-Denny Stadium and Kyle Field where you're gathering more than 100,000 people? Is that going to be safe yet? So there's just there's so many more questions than there are answers for this right now. And, and you bring a very good point there with the, you know, is it going to be safe? We were already having an attendance problem in college football. Uh, that was something that has headlined the sport for the last three, four years. The de- it was declining, I think, this past year for the 2019 season, it had declined three or four percent from the year before. Something, it was the most of the most decline in the last ten years. I know that, um, uh, but you make a very good point there. Is it there's all this chain reaction? You know, one thing happens, then it causes something else, and something else that you could be feeling the effect, the after effects all the way maybe a year and a half from now. Um, I hope it's not that long, but that's the realities it could be. And you bring up a good point with the Olympic sports, you know, maybe not getting funded, you know, as much. Let's just talk about the Olympics for a second. Who knows if that's going to even be able to be held? I mean, Tokyo, um, the IOC has told, told Tokyo, the IOC is the International Olympic Committee, has told Tokyo to still go on and continue to plan as if the Olympics will be taking place on July or in late July, early August. At this rate, let's hope that that still happens. And we just don't know where the peak that the United States has reached. And we don't know what the peak is that the European nations or the world has reached as in this virus. So, you know, that's a big part too, is if the Olympics are to be held, then you're going to get all these athletes that are going to be holding back because they don't want to participate, which then means the collegiate spectrum for these Olympic sports. There's going to be people that are going to hold back because they said if the Olympics weren't going to take place, then why should we compete? And so then, like you mentioned, it's a reaction that goes down, 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 down and and uh, uh, has causes big, big shifts over all of sports. Um yeah, one thing I, I did want to hit on your minor league baseball um, article, Mike. That yeah, that's that's a point that was already a big going into this season. There was I think 42, 32 or forty two teams that were on the the cusp of going to be kicked out by the MLB because of funding and such. And now that could be possibly more quadrupled. You know, who knows on how many uh, get or, you know, what happens to those? And I know, like, uh, some of these newer ones, like Amarillo. Amarillo, the Sod Poodles, their second year, or was supposed to be this year, their second inaugural season, or their second season in Amarillo this year. And they're worried that they may not even be able to field a team 
next few years because um, they're because of the way the stadium that they had compensated for and fans and concessions and stuff. So they're you know that's one team that was just a new you know new team that is worrying about it. I can't imagine what the rest of the league of the is feeling about it. So yeah, you make a very good point there uh, with with the fact that that could cause serious issues. I mean, the Kentucky Derby was pushed back to September. First time ever that that's happened. Uh, the Masters have been postponed until further notice. So um, I think one thing's for sure, and Mike, you might laugh at this. We know that this day, that March 12th, is going to be made into a 30 for 30. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. There will be a way for that to happen in at some point down the line because all of this news came out in a matter of, three hours or so. I know I was uh, watching ESPN in the morning in Washington, D.C., where I was for spring break, um, and saw that was when the NBA had confirmed that they had suspended the season. And then uh, I was actually at the American History Museum. Very ironic, right? American history. And on the day that um, the NCAA gets can- uh, tournament gets canceled, was sitting there at the American History Museum, got a buzz on my phone from ESPN that said, tournament canceled, first time ever. I mean, and that's just, the fact of it is that everyone figured out very quickly because of social media and and our technology these days. So that's something that uh, could make for a very good reaction in a documentary. I think we're gonna move forward. I think that's, we've had a really good discussion there about uh, that day and what it leaves us with. But let's do talk about some current news. There, we're not totally out of the water when, to sports. NFL free agency has uh, been happening these last two days and will continue to happen as the, uh, as the league starts their uh, official year. Uh, so Desmond and Mike, one thing, um, let's just kind of briefly give our kind of opinion slash you know side on what we think Dondre Hopkins obviously was the big storyline first traded to the Cardinals for David Johnson and two draft picks uh, both I think it was a second rounder and a fourth rounder that the Texans received in exchange uh, Stefan Diggs made a huge deal he tweeted uh, he tweeted he had a tweet earlier in the morning uh, on Wednesday or Tuesday morning that had said you know it was, I can't remember what he's like you know, I'm looking somewhere else or something like that. And he goes to Buffalo in a trade that made the Texans, showed the Texans how to make a trade. <laughs> and then I guess the big one is Tom Brady out in New England. Um, I believe Adam Schefter reported this morning and yesterday morning as well that he is most likely going to be headed to Tampa Bay. I know the Chargers were making one last push. I don't know how, if I can confirm that or not, but um, that leaves us with a lot of questions too. Who takes over as the quarterback in Boston? Um, does Bill Belichick decide to retire? Uh, what's his future look like? Where's Jameis Winston going to end up if Brady is headed to Tampa Bay? And what does that mean for Jameis Winston's career? Uh, Philip Rivers is headed to Indianapolis. We know that. And Drew Brees, two-year, $50 million deal. So let's start at the top there. Hopkins, uh, Hopkins trade. Quick thoughts there from either one of y'all. Well, I, I I still need answers for the Hopkins trade. I why 
That's my. I was gonna say the same thing. What What are you looking what for? Is, is he? Was there something going on in the back scenes? Was I? I. I think for me, before I show what motion I feel, I think I need more answers. Because at this point, everyone's freaking out. Like, oh, Bill, but you're so. You know, what are you doing? Ruin the franchise. But I think I need more answers. I need to know what's going on. I think that we'll find out more here in the next few weeks. Um, Stefan Diggs, I know he's a little flashy, a little cocky, but I, he can't lie. He's a he's a he's a good route running receiver. He's a good player. I, and, I think um, he does fit in Buffalo, though. I do. He think does, he... and and you know, Minnesota was trying to have a run centered offense, so he doesn't really fit there. So I think it was a good fit for him to leave. Um, but I think Minnesota will definitely miss him. Um, you know, every time I every time I I hear his name, I think of the Minneapolis Miracle. Still one of the craziest endings of a game I've ever seen in my life. Um, or like the watch. Saints. Let's let's just point out the fact that the Saints defensive back. I don't know what he was doing. I, I I'm gonna say I was. Well, yeah, but was he, for the he wasn't he like a, he was a rookie though, right? So I mean, he's got he's still it's a rookie mistake. I know late in the season. But, but if you're uh, playing prevent defense on third down or whatever it was and long with like six seconds left, you don't come in on the guy. You let the guy come to you. That's pretty yeah, simple. You it, learned that in high school, college. As I said, as I said, football is a game of inches. A couple inches farther back, probably would have stopped him. That's what it is. Football is a game of inches. You know? Um, and then Tom Brady, I expressed to you my... Uh, Frustrated by him leaving, you know. As you know, my dad's from New England. I'm associated with Boston a lot. I was like Red Sox are my favorite sports teams. Let's not, not talk about the scandal. Let's let's not talk about them either. Chris let's not Sale, let's not talk about Chris Sale okay. and Tommy you're, John. You're surgery. an Astros fan, George. You're in the same boat. I'm buddy. a Rangers fan. I'm a Rangers. Oh, that's right. You're a Rangers fan. My fault. My fault. <laughs> but um, I couldn't care less about the Astros. I'm sorry. I, I love seeing them getting plunked. Let's be honest. They deserve it. We're gonna talk about that, but um, wow, just I was I'm not gonna I was in denial the whole time I was in denial I was like I'm still in denial I'm still like bro this is a huge publicity stunt like remember remember whenever he posted that on his Instagram and then the, in the like, Super Bowl the Super yeah, Bowl he's commercial like, he's retiring he's trying I'm like no bro like he's got a couple more years and what what do you do the Hulu commercial <laughs> I'm, I'm still in denial I could be like. <laughs> Bro, he's gonna sign with the Patriots coming up. Like he's just yeah. doing this for attention, you know. But if he does, I mean, as I said, like Patriots fans have nothing to complain about. He that dynasty was insane. There's the things he's done. Him and Bill Belichick, one of the best duos in all all of sports. I just I wish him luck. I wish him luck, man. Uh, Desmond, I want to get your uh, hold your thoughts for the last two for Breeze and Rivers. Mike, what did you? Uh, uh, what were your thoughts on Hopkins, Diggs, and of course Tom Brady? Well, are we ready to accept Jarrett Stidham as the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots? I think that's oh, the, oh, <laughs> oh, the burning question there right now. I, the way I look at it is, you know, I grew up as a huge Mets fan, and so like Mike Piazza was one of the guys that I loved to watch growing up. And you just get so accustomed to, actually more so then than today, but you expect one of those players to, you know, be your team's guy for a really long time. And so I think, you know, whether you're a Patriots fan or not, you have to appreciate this for what it was in 
being one of those times that are going to be increasingly rare that somebody stays with a team for a long time and doesn't make it about the pursuit of money as the only thing. That said, on the other side of that, I will never blame an athlete for going to a team to pursue money because, you know, when you're age 30, where I am right now, you're considered ancient in just about any <laughs> professional sport. So if, if you want to be able to make money for yourself, for your family and for generations to come, I can't begrudge anybody for going out and finding the biggest paycheck possible because you never know, you know, if you get hurt and your career is over, you want to have been able to maximize what you got there. Now, it's not the case for Brady. Um, you know, there's certainly, uh, I'm sure, other reasons why he's making that choice, but you'd have to, um, you know, accept things uh, and appreciate things in the moment, which I think in our society today, we're not always great at doing that. Right. And, and I think with the fact, you know, Tom Brady was in New England for 20 seasons, mm. 20 seasons. That's that's almost what, like, if we had said that LeBron James had stayed in Cleveland, right? If he had never made the trip to LA or never gone to Miami and stayed in Cleveland, that would have been 17, 16 or 17 seasons. That's crazy. Michael Jordan staying with the Chicago Bulls for his tenure until he went to the Wizards and finished out his career. I think this is what Tom Brady, you know, you see those guys that did all this stuff. Shaq, who made his, who was basically his lifelong uh, Laker until moving on to other teams before his career ended. That's kind of what Tom Brady's done. He's kind of seen that, okay, maybe my time in New England, I, I'm done here. I'm not really going to accomplish anything more. Let me go somewhere else, make an impact for maybe one or two more years, and call it call it a, a career. Also, uh, I want to throw out there, Super Bowl 55 is in Tampa Bay. I don't know if you, if you guys get where I'm going with this. Tampa so Bay. Never, yeah, you've never had a team – play in its hometown Super Bowl. Correct. Maybe Tom Brady wants more. Maybe he wants more history to be written. I think Adam Schefter was the first one to point that out, but I figured I'd give it my shot there. I, I, I recognized it too. I was like, wait a second, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, Tampa, because the whole reason why this is possible is because the Rams stadium was a year behind and because Rams were supposed to host Super Bowl 55, they're now hosting Super Bowl 56. So they did a swap with uh, Tampa on 55-56. So um, I, I want to get back to Breeze signing a two-year deal because I think this makes it really interesting. Over the last few uh, uh, months, even with the coronavirus, without the coronavirus and all this stuff with free agency talk earlier on, I had said that Drew Breeze would probably, uh, he'd probably do one more year. You know, this past year was probably their best chance to get to the Super Bowl before, um, even with the pass interference and and all that stuff the year before, prior. And I just think he wants to get there one more time. I, I I almost feel like it's like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning when he went to the one Super Bowl with the Broncos, he said he wanted to just go drink a Budweiser and just enjoy himself. But you knew that he wanted to say, I'm retiring. And he said it later. He said, you know, I think it was like a month or so after the Super Bowl, he said, I'm retiring, you know, I'm, I'm grateful and done. I think that's what's going to happen to Drew Brees. I think he, he feels like he has two more years in him, but if he gets the Super Bowl this year in, in, tw in the 2020 uh, season, I think he calls it quits. You know, his last hurrah, just, you know, he wants to go out on top. Um, uh, and yeah, he would be. He's coming up on his. 
I think it's his twenty, his close to his twentieth season um, as a uh, NFL player. With I want to say fifteen of those being in New Orleans, because remember his first his first part of his career was in LA or San Diego rather, not L- Chargers, but San Diego at that time. Uh, so that makes it really interesting. Desmond, did you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I agree. I agree with exactly what you said. Um, two years, you know, definitely getting older, but he still got it, man. Drew Brees, he's such he's such a good guy. It's kind of hard not to like him, man. Oh, exactly. Loving, loving family, sons are adorable. Great quarterback. He's he's already really small, but he's a great quarterback, man. Um, and I agree with what you what you said. If I, I think that if he does make it to the Super Bowl, he probably probably call it quit, especially if they won it. And I feel like. Even though I told you Cowboys and Saints fans are always, you know, they're they're always the most nagging. Um, I feel for them. I feel like every single year they always have a stacked team that they just one or two plays just can't get it. And oh man, I just I feel for them. But I agree with you. Drew Brees, two years. I think that if he doesn't win it, will go to Super Bowl one of those years. He'll go out with this farewell tour. We'll all be saying. Thank you for your time. Congratulations, you know, all that jazz. Um, but he's definitely had a tremendous career. Yeah, I want to throw that this out there, and this is maybe something, Mike, you can comment on. We're going to get Breeze versus Brady. Assuming Brady goes to Tampa Bay, we're going to get mm. Breeze versus Brady twice next season. It, I mean, that, that's got to be something. That's got to be something exciting, right? Two of the greatest quarterbacks to live. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's going to be phenomenal. And and from from what I was reading too about um, Breeze's salary, I think he's only getting like two million uh, base salary this year. So like that's another move where a guy stays with the team, and you've got to respect what he's doing. You know, not that fifty million guaranteed is a, is a bad deal by any means. Any of us would <laughs> take that. Um, to to take two million here in this first year, you know, that's a sign that he's given the team the flexibility to go out and make other moves and, and add talent around him like they have in the last few years with like, you look at what the, Tom Brady has done with the Patriots and like some of the leading receivers or rushers on, on those teams, you put them on another team and those are just another guy. And then all of a sudden they're playing with mm-hmm. Brady and they're amazing guys. So, um, it, you know, it's, it's amazingly impressive what both of them have done and it'll be great to see them play head to head. Yeah, I saw a tweet that said that um, I also I believe it was Adam Schefter. We're quoting Adam Schefter a lot here, but he has to take a lot of credit. He's been he's been on the on the dot with all these Tom Brady with the Tom Brady cycle of a new cycle that there were a lot of players that have been calling Tampa Bay because they want to join Brady in in Tampa Bay with the Bucks. And I think it kind of echoes of what you, what you just said, Mike. People there's a lot of guys that respect Brady and they want to they want to join him because they know how you know how respected of a player he is, how much he means to his team, what he's willing to put into the team and they like that, you know. And so I think somebody made a joke it was like Edelman is just calling three, you know, 10 different times and there're 10 different numbers just to make all this hype because he wants to get Tom Brady's attention to join him in in and uh Tampa, but um Beyond that, I think that could be really interesting. We also could end up having Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, and assuming Newton doesn't get traded, I mean, possibly 
it, Teddy Bridgewater was in the wicks too. We could theoretically have Breeze, Brady, Matt Ryan, and Cam Newton, Cam Newton in the same division, the NFC South. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be a a uh, interesting division? You'd probably have the Saints and the Buccaneers battling it out for the division title. But I would say, as I say, all due respect, don't don't be comparing Matt Ryan to Tom Brady or Drew Brees. Okay, no, but again, you have to say he took his team to a Super Bowl two year, three years ago. I mean, yeah, what has he done since? He hasn't had any guys around him. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Julio is getting old. Just only and one guy around you. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll just I'll just throw that fact out to the wind. I mean, let's it's just. Uh. All right. Final thing I have here is Philip Rivers to Indianapolis. Obviously, the Colts have been looking for a quarterback since Andrew Luck retired. They kind of had to just um, weather the storm last year with Jacoby Brissett, who by no means is a bad quarterback. He just isn't the quarterback to be the future, I think. And so by luring Philip Rivers, I believe it was only a one-year deal. I'm not confirmed. I'm not exactly sure on that, but I believe it was only a one-year deal, um, which is really interesting because – Maybe it shows that Philip Rivers only wants one more year before he calls it quits as well. Um, but as a Texans fan, that concerns me because now mm-hmm. you have to face a guy that can throw for 400 yards in the game, but he also throws like two interse- averages an interception or two per game. So you're looking at this guy who, I don't know, you get to face him twice. Deshaun Watson versus Phillip Rivers, and in this, we saw him last year as, the, as a Texan fan in L.A., and we beat them. But, again, that's something that worries me because the river, or the, because Rivers can show that he is a up there with the likes of Breeze and possibly Rodgers. And, you know, like not maybe as great as Brady, but he also can show he can compete with those guys. So, I know, it concerns me a little bit. Uh, if any of y'all want to chime in on that, feel free. Well, you were right. It is. Uh, it was one year for twenty-five million dollars. So, um, and and to go back to what you said too before about the the NFC South, I wonder if uh, if Cam Newton stays with the Panthers through this year too. Like, what if the Patriots are looking for a step up at quarterback? <laughs> I mean, Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham. We got to give him some credit when he was at he was at Baylor, right? Is that my memory's not fading me, right? He was at Baylor, is that right? Can do y'all remember? Was that was that right? Stidham was at Baylor when for his college. Auburn and Baylor, I believe. Oh, that's right. He did. I I, I now I remember. Yeah, because because he beat A M two years ago. I should have remembered that Stidham. Was Stidham that was at Auburn as a as a as a transfer. Yeah, Baylor for a year and Auburn for his final two. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, he's not a bad quarterback, but again, he's nothing. He's not Tom Brady. He and I think you make a good statement. Does Newton? He sees the potential in the South. Does he feel like he can compete with those guys, or does he feel like there's a better opportunity elsewhere to compete and try to win a Super Bowl? And maybe that's the AFC East with the lousy Dolphins, lousy Jets, and lousy well not lousy bills anymore because now that opens up the bills you saw we were they were so close to winning the the division they you know couldn't beat the patriots the week before christmas 
that was literally the game that decided the division. So you look at it and go, man, that's the, the Bills are maybe now the front runners in that division. And Newton going to the Patriots could make that uh, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, uh, you know, matchup really interesting. Um, with that, I think we've kind of hit our hit our uh, target of of what to talk about. If y'all have anything else you wanted to add about all of our situations sports wise, uh, Desmond, I'd let you go first. If you have anything else you want to add, and I'll hand it over to Mike. No, just wanted to say stay safe out there. Um, I want I actually wanted your input, George, on this whole um, just because I've been reading a lot about it on the ESPN about this whole. Really good bear situation. What, what are your opinions on this? What do you think about this? Well, you know, a lot of people are hating him, blaming him for what's going on in the NBA. Uh, what do you think about that? I think he did the right thing. Um, by no means is the right thing obviously correct in some situations, but I think um, uh, now obviously the the clip of him uh, going like this to the microphone and then touching it all and and walking away. Okay, that's coming back to hurt him because now it's a bad take that he does have coronavirus and he touched all those. But regardless, I think, I know I was reading an interview with Mark Immert, NCAA president, that said once the Gobert news came out, it was very clear that the NCAA was going to cancel the, the tournament. Mm-hmm. Not about all the other sports, but about the tournament itself, the men's tournament. Mike, I don't know if you saw that as well, but uh, – uh, yeah, that was what I saw, and I was like, well, man, if Gobert doesn't do what he does, like if he doesn't uh, announce or take a test that says he has COVID-19, uh, we probably are still sitting here watching the tournament just with empty fans, possibly. I don't want to say 100%, but possibly. You know, we're just we're sitting here right now at you know 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern, watching a uh, the night session or, you know, the, the night round of games on on CBS. So, again, you look at you, – you weigh the opportunities and I think – or you weigh the, the decisions, and I think Gobert did uh, the right thing in our world. And, yes, obviously it cut down on every single sport from being able to take place. But you'd rather have that than have twice as – or ten times as many uh, positive cases in the sports world because he doesn't say something. Uh, Mike, did you want to comment on that? I, I, do, I mean, I, I understand the, the ire that was directed toward him, and, and certainly it was a bad mistake to make to touch all those microphones, but, um, you know, none of us would want to be judged by the worst decision we ever made for the rest of our lives. That said, though, I think that I, I don't necessarily agree with the, with the uh, thought that sports would still be going on. Because eventually somebody else, as we've seen, Donovan Mitchell and others have since um, gone into quarantine. So I think if it wasn't Gobert right. who was who we saw test positive, somebody else was going to. So it was it was only a matter of time. Right. And 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 what I was trying to get there is obviously we probably sports would still be halted, but it would it would delay the decision of everything happening. It wouldn't have been uh, immediate as it was. Uh, but yes, you're right. I think Donovan Mitchell, the positive, it came out what two days later. It may have mm-hmm. been the next day. It was either two uh, days later like, or the next day. I think it was day. like two days later. Yeah, and so that would have probably shifted um, 
all those decisions. So instead of hearing everything happen on the Thursday, it probably would have been Friday or even Saturday morning. Uh, and when, so with what we know about the virus, I think it's better for everyone in the country and around the world that things stopped as soon as they did, rather than to go on for two more days and, and risk a further spread of the virus. Right. And, well, and one thing that did surprise me was that Dana White and the UFC, uh, no, no, I don't, don't want to say anything bad about them. I love the USC. I'll be honest. That's one of the things I love, USC Fight Night. But to continue to have the fight that was on that Saturday, even though it was in Brazil, wasn't in the United States, was just wrong. Even without fans, it just was wrong. There's no need to have that. You already have all these, the, the preliminary information of everything being postponed and suspended. There's no need to continue the UFC fight. You could have easily just said, we're going to stop it. We're going to postpone. We're going to move it somewhere else. But, and now obviously that's been, they had the fight and then they're supposed to have a fight on Saturday this week, but UFC has stopped all operations. Um, and the WWE is still going on. They're going to do WrestleMania in two weeks um, without an audience from their their center or whatever. So like, I don't know, there are still sports going on, but on the same hand, I don't think, it's almost like there's there is mixed messages from parts of the community. All the bigger sports are like, we're stopping because we think it's the right thing to do. Whereas these combat sports or these martial, mixed, martial, mixed martial arts, as well as the wrestling, WWE, are like, ah, well, we will keep going on with it. It's like, no, if everyone else is canceling, you should have canceled with, with them. And, uh, you know, that's too much. I don't want to get too much into that conversation because then that starts another argument. But, um, yeah, that's just my take. It's, I think uh, there should have been a little bit more caution taken immediately. Um, but for now, who knows how long we're going to be in this situation. Some say it could be until May. Some could be say it could be June. I know that the MLB at one point was looking at July 4th being opening day, which really concerns me or memorial day i saw memorial day then i saw july 4th so again that's still two months from now three months from now um, mm -hmm. so we'll see what happens there uh but for now um desmond i did want to look back at our small schools so for those mm -hmm. of you not aware we did pick small schools for the basketball season very early on um and because of our nice hiatus and we were hoping we'd be able to touch back base with them for march madness um, I picked Stephen F. Austin, which, as I made the pick, I felt very confident. They had already gone 4-0 in their conference. I think they easily could have made it to the Sweet 16. Oh, They would have gotten a, probably a 12 seed, 12 or 13 seed. I would have said 12 seed. And we all know what 12 seeds do. They always pull off upsets. Uh, this team was very similar to the one that beat West Virginia a few years ago. And I, I really liked the way this team was set up. I would have had them going to the Sweet 16 and losing. I don't know who they would have had to play. Obviously, we didn't get a bracket, but um, I know you picked Davidson for the second straight year, and how did that work out? Well, I actually went online, and I was um, I did look out like a uh, predicted bracket based off what would have gone on. Yeah. Um, of course, unfortunately, Davidson. I didn't. I didn't check Stephen Alfonso. I should have my fault. Davidson was, of course, not on it. Um, Ooh. They won, I believe, like 16 and 14. Won their last game against VCU. Um, so their season would have ended anyway, but the bracket was really interesting. I just saw um, Texas Tech. Um, they're like in the first few games, they didn't actually make the tournament, you know, the playing games yeah, yeah. to make the tournament. 
they they that's where they that's where they would have been predicted to be, which is really interesting because I, I, I actually feel like they had a better team than that, but um, the tournament would have been interesting. Definitely would have been oh, interesting. I feel like without fans, it would have been really intriguing to see how the underdogs played. But on the same hand, I just don't think it would have been the same. Uh, Mike, right. for the, our small schools, we kind of just picked somebody who's an underdog. Was there a dark horse that you were looking at going into uh, Champ Week and going into the tournament that you would have thought that maybe had a chance to make some havoc? Uh, I've been very high on Vermont over the last several years. Uh, John Becker, um, I got to know him a little bit. I, I actually spent a season as the play-by-play -play announcer for Vermont women's basketball very early in his career up there in Burlington. Uh, I think he's a great coach. He's got a guy who's a potential NBA player in Anthony Lamb. Saw him play against the University of Virginia, and they're not easy to score against, and he went off and almost beat them single-handedly. Um, so the Erica East has run through them over the last several years, and uh, I think they, they were a dangerous team, definitely one that could have pulled an upset in the first round. Yeah, I believe they did win. They were able to get that American East tournament completed, I think. I could be wrong. I want to say it was, and they did get the, the automatic bid, so they would have been in. Um, I could be completely wrong because I can't remember which tournaments completed. I know Mountain West and Ohio Valley were the two big ones that did complete, as well as um, have been this past Saturday would have been the championship game. It was going to be Hartford at Vermont, but it got canceled. Okay, so it did not. So they did not uh, play. Okay, I got you. But yes, I, I've been. I was actually following Vermont because I got hurt. I saw the game against uh, Virginia, and yeah, you're right. Lamb almost single-handedly himself beat Virginia, and with a guy that had that much talent, you can't imagine what they would have done in the tournament. I think they were predicted as a 13 seed, but a 13 seed that probably would have big time would have made some some impacts. And from what uh, from what most of the predicted predicted brackets had, I think they were going to face Wisconsin, which would have made it really really intriguing. Um, so I think that's hopefully Anthony Lamb has a really good season or good. He's done enough to hopefully get himself into. A good position for the NBA. I would love to see him uh, just kind of be that next superstar, if you will. Um, definitely coming from a lower call, like lower um, mid-major uh, university, and being able to just kind of surprise everybody. Almost be like a Steph Curry, where he was not—he was known, but not well known until he kind of just made his mark on the Warriors in the NBA. So I think that does that about does it here for episode 17, number 37 total for our fifth quarter podcast. Again, can't thank uh, Mike Cousins for joining us. Uh, can't thank him enough. I know obviously your your schedule freed up pretty pretty uh, uh, big overnight to be able to uh, just say hey, I'm willing to come and jump onto the podcast. So appreciate it. Uh, immensely and Desmond thank you for uh, joining us again so for the fifth quarter podcast signing off for whoever knows how long we might be back sometime <laughs> soon but uh, for the meantime signing off I'm George Koff in College Station for Mike in Cleveland I'll let my co-host do his your boy Desmond McLaughlin in Houston saying so long and take care. Stay safe and wash your hands. Wash, Bye. wash, wash. Goodbye, everybody.